Welcome, friends, to another live conversation on Alatra TV. Today, we have a very special guest with us from Florida, USA. But before I introduce him, I would like to remind our viewers the format of our program today. So tonight, we will get to know our guest, and we will also find out how does he envision building a creative society, a society where everyone is happy and lives a fulfilled life. And if you never heard about the project Creative Society, it is a project that is run by volunteers from over 180 different countries. And it is run uh, on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement. And you can learn more about it by visiting alatraunites.com. So this project was created as an initiative to unite people under one idea of building a future for all of us and the future we can all be proud of. So tonight, my co-host is Steve. Welcome, Steve. Good to see you. And the guest of honor tonight is Ralph Brown, and he's a president at Cap Royale. So we will find out what that is. Welcome, Ralph. Well, hey, thank you. Thank it's you so good to have you with us. Please tell us more about what do you do in your background? Well, I'm the, the current world record holder for the smallest power boat to ever cross the Atlantic Ocean. I hold three other boat, boating world records. And so um, a few years ago, I was out fishing with my kids. It was actually Black Friday here in the States where, where they had all these shopping nuts and my wife and daughter went shopping. I personally can't stand it. The, the stores are just crammed full of people. You wait in line for everything. And I don't understand how people even like it, but my wife likes to go. And her and my daughter went shopping. I took my boys. We went fishing. And we're out going out. We're going down the river. And all of a sudden, kawam! The motor hit a rock and it broke the motor. Had no idea that was going to change my life. But it did. Um, I became consumed with how to make a boat that could run over the top of those rocks in about that much water and be safe enough to cross the ocean. And at the same time, my wife was involved in a car wreck. And she uh, did some spinal damage. And so basically, I had three kids and um, a disabled wife. I sold insurance and Blue Cross sent me a four-hour drive round trip every day. They said, we'll give you a hotel. And I said, no, I don't want the hotel. I want to kiss my wife and kids every night. So um, I drove back and forth every day, four hours. And, and in that time, I found myself hiding in how to make a better boat. I had no idea I'd ever do anything with it. But eventually my wife said, either do it or shut up. You're just driving everybody nuts. Nobody wants to be around you. It's a long story. I'm, just, I'm giving you the short version there. But yes, nobody wants to come anywhere near you. All you talk about is these boats that you can make that can run that water. If it was possible, all the big boat companies would do it already. And so um, basically then she went to bed and I walked my hallways and dreamed and prayed and, and dreamed and prayed about two o'clock in the morning and I formed a company called Dreamboats. And I went out and she, I told her in the morning I did this and she said, you're nuts, no way. So I said, I'm not gonna do it. But then a couple of days later, she said, you have to do this, you have to do this. So I went and I raised a couple million dollars and uh, we built and ripped boats apart and ripped them apart and built them again. And eventually we ended up with a boat that can run in about that much water, literally three inches of water and it's safe enough to cross an ocean. And so, uh, I did it. I took one from Tampa, Florida, all the way to Germany, uh, 8,312 miles. And uh, 
people say that you can't make it that far. The boat will tip over and you'll die. Well, there was a couple times when I was pretty close to dying, but didn't actually die. I'm here, you know, pinch, pinch, I'm here. Okay, and uh, I drugged my brother with me. And, and so my mom wasn't too happy that I drugged my brother too. She figures you're gonna lose one, you don't wanna lose two, but, but we made it um, all the way to, to Germany. And uh, we got a TV show called I Am Second. Uh, crossing the Atlantic on Amazon Prime. And so um, anyways, but we crossed it. And while I was doing all that testing, um, I ran across another idea that would allow a big boat to use a lot less fuel. Now, boats and ships get horrible. If, you, if you don't, you've ever been on a boat, you'll know that you put more gas in it and you run it for a little bit, you put more gas in it and more, they just eat gas like you wouldn't believe. And ships, I mean, the big ships use 400 gallons of, ga of fuel to go one mile, one mile, 400 gallons is insane. So I ran across an idea that would allow a bigger boat to get a lot better fuel economy. And so I was just gonna go after the world record for the fastest boat to go around the world and kind of pull all these pieces together. But the more I studied this, the more I realized that in racing, it's just a huge, huge industry. I mean, the Olympics is basically, it's got a couple other sports, but a big part of the Olympics is racing. I mean, you know, you've got a gymnastics and stuff, and so, but it's different kinds of, it's racing. Whether you're racing by, by running really fast, that Usain Bolt, that guy that goes zip and he's gone, okay, or, 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 or uh, Michael Phelps that can swim like a fish. I mean, unbelievable, but, but it's racing. You know, um, and you look at NASCAR, NASCAR started with $100,000, and today it's worth $5 billion. That's $50,000 for every dollar invested. To give you understand that's 5 million percent. I mean, I wanna say that again, it's 5 million percent. And what do they do? They go round and round a track, that's all they do. You know, and once in a while they, they crash and they run in a wall at 200 miles an hour. And, um, but you know, racing's just a big deal. And we looked at Formula One and they're, they're traded on the NASDAQ. It was about 11 billion. It dropped to about 6 billion when COVID hit. It's back up to nine and a half billion right now. I mean, it's, it's you know, people watch racing. And I, I looked at the America's Cup. I looked at the Volvo Ocean Race. You know, here in America, we have football. We love our football. A hundred million people watch the Super Bowl. A hundred million, about 110, somewhere in that area. Okay, 450 million people watch the Volvo Ocean Race. Okay, what? And most Americans haven't even heard of it, okay? but 450 million, because we're only 5% of the world's population. We like to think of ourselves as, you know, it's America is the big thing. It's, I mean, we are the big thing in my mind, but we're 5% of the world's population. Actually, it's 4%, okay? That means for every person that lives on this uh, in the United States, there's 19 people that live somewhere else. So boat racing is huge. So now what we're doing is we're creating the first ever power boat race all the way around the world. Now, if we, if we did nonstop racing around the world, that would get boring and dangerous. Who'd want to watch that? So what we do is we're breaking it into 20 legs. We're, we run, race from one country to another country. When we get there, the same boats that just raced across the ocean now race each other in a harbor. Okay, but this is not like a, a NASCAR track where you just go around in a circle. These are zigzag tracks on purpose. And you got big 70, 80 foot long race boats running a, a couple thousand horsepower each one. I mean, and they're just cranking it out, trying to zigzag through and get around and they're bumping each other. And you've got two big boats bumping each other. 
I mean, I'm telling you, it's interesting. People are going to want to watch this, and engineers all over the world are going to want to develop better fuel efficient because you can't win unless you're more fuel efficient. I mean, again, boats and ships get horrible fuel economy. So we're looking at bringing in new ideas, okay? Young kids get involved in it, and they bring their new ideas to the marketplace, and you, and you get pooled knowledge where they learn from each other. And once they start learning from each other, you get massive research and massive competition. And you're going to see the world of shipping is going to change, like the world of computers has changed. I mean, you stop and look about, you go back about 70 years, okay? IBM and, and Hewlett Packard, they're the big computer companies. And they're nothing but a bunch of old white guys. Now, I'm not against white guys or black guys or, or anybody. I'm just saying, but that's who it was, okay? And they all thought they knew everything. The young kids came to the market and they said, hey, we want you to do this. Oh, no, no, we, we, we'll take care of it. But the young kids got involved. They brought new ideas. They brought pooled knowledge where you learn from each other. They start competing against each other, massive competition and massive research. And look at what's happened in the computer industry in the last 30, 40 years. I got more technology on this phone than IBM had in all of his computers. You know, you go back in, in those years. And so we know that young people, new ideas, pooled knowledge, uh, massive research and massive competition change. They just change things. You know, look at the electric car. What's happened to the electric car in the last 10 years? 10 years ago, electric car was a joke. I mean, 15 years ago, it was a joke. Look at them now. I mean, they're real cars. They really work. And they really go fast. They're, they're really sports cars. So we expect to see changes, you know, made to, to the whole industry. And I'm just excited about it and all the different things you can learn out of it. And so we're looking to let one team per country in, only one team per country, and five teams all over the world. Look at my mouse right in the middle of that thing. Uh, anyways, but, the, uh, but you know, we're looking to have 50 teams around the world. I said five, I meant 50 teams around the world um, racing against each other, one team per country, uh, basically the, the longest race in the history of mankind. 50,000 miles. Now, a lot of people say you're crazy. It can't be happening, all this kind of stuff. Well, I am a little crazy, no doubt about it. I drove a 21-foot boat into a hurricane. I knew what I was doing. I knew I was going into it. And, uh, well, it was a remnant of a hurricane, but it was a pretty good-sized storm. And a helicopter came out and, and videotaped us um, for about 15 minutes, and they left. We're 40 miles out in the middle of the ocean in this little boat without a cabin, without a keel, bouncing around in the big old waves, and the rescue helicopter left us. They just said, wave goodbye and went away. You know, and we made it. We, we, obviously, I'm here. I'm alive. So anyways, I'm kind of talking. I get excited. I can talk for a long time about things that really excite me. So stop me whenever you, you have a question or, or you want I'm to interrupt. jump in on you, Ralph. And I just, I, I love your passion. I just cannot... Uh, your energy, your passion, and what you're trying to do is really so cool because it, part of the Creative Society is about uniting people, and your project is going to bring people from around the world together, and it's such a wonderful fit with what the project is all about. And what we've done is our crack IT team has uh, gathered a bunch of pictures of you, and they're about to put them on the screen. So if you would do us a favor, continue this great energy. Uh, Walk us through the pictures. So uh, if our team will throw that up on the screen for us. I'm, I'm a little scared of the pictures because I didn't put them together. <laughs> no, we did. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, what you see there, uh, the lower um, right-hand corner is the boat I crossed the Atlantic in. 
that is in New York Harbor, okay? As you can see, the, the sides are only a foot out of the water. And we were in at one time 15 foot waves that were breaking into the boat and the whole boat was submerged, completely submerged. And I'm telling you, an old man like me can pray out loud <laughs> when your boat's completely submerged and you're caught in a storm and so forth. The, the boat next to it, that's Earth Race, okay? You can barely see it in the picture there, but that's Earth Race. It holds the world record right now for the fastest boat to go around the world, um, fastest powerboat, not the fastest boat, fastest powerboat. Um, the, the fastest powerboat to go around the world is 61 days, and most people are shocked to find out that a sailboat record, get this, 41 days for a sailboat. Now, how is it that a sailboat can get around the world in 41 days when a powerboat takes 61 days? And before that, it was 75 days. Before that, it was 80 days, the record. So how is it that the powerboats are so much better, excuse me, the sailboats are so much better than the powerboats? Do you have any idea? Probably the size of it, right? So it's different no. size. But guess again. I, I don't know, the wind blows faster. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, the start of the conversation with the big problem with boats was they get horrible fuel economy. Oh. And so the power boats have to stop and get more fuel and they have to carry a lot of fuel. And so what we're developing is boats that can go further on a gallon of fuel. And, that, and that's the whole thing. So we expect to go down around the world in 37 days. Now, it's never been done in the history of mankind in a powerboat, uh, the nuclear power might be able to do it, but not a single, any kind of otherwise powerboat can do it. And we don't count nuclear power because that's not, that, that's never gonna be released from the general public. It should never be released from the general public, okay? Um, that kind of stuff should never get in the hands of people that are dishonest and wrong kind of people. But anyways, um, but so the record is, for a sailboat is 41 days, the record for a powerboat uh, is 61 days and we expect to break that. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. And I know you said that when we uh, right now make something like a change, it ha happens very quickly. So what type of condition do you think we need to create in order for all the young, you know, all the young and smart and, you know, people to come out and really give us as a, the civilization new ideas, new concepts, so we can really evolve into what we should be by now. Uh, what kind of conditions do we need to create? Well, I think the biggest creation is, a, the biggest idea is a, a platform through which people can succeed at. Because people will step up. It, it doesn't, you know, if there's a tool, a method, a structure, I mean, people step up and compete for that. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, we're talking about putting people on the Mars now. now you know, it just... I, I comprehend that. To me, it makes a lot more sense to put populate Greenland than it does Mars or do, populate Antarctica or even the North Pole. But you know, these guys, the 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 the, 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 the ability, the mindset that we can go out and learn these fantastic opportunities is really a big deal. So I think a structure of any kind that that would allow good people to come forth with good ideas. Hope that answered that question. Yeah. Ralph, you're, you're bringing together, you mentioned 50 some countries, like one came from each country. 
then how important do these international relationships become? How important is it for one country and one people group to connect and unite and work together with others? And how do we make that happen? I think it's um, the, the biggest key to that is the desire to make it happen. If you've got the desire to make it happen, um, that's probably the biggest key involved in anything. And then there's, you know, obviously you're going to have some people that want to get in the way. Unfortunately, they're there. Okay. Uh, but if you get enough people wanting to do the right thing, uh, a lot of the times the people that want to get in the way will step aside. Um, but you got to have people that want to do the right thing in, that, in, in the right positions, in the right leadership. I hope that makes sense. Yes, definitely, definitely. And let's switch over to talk a little bit more about Creative Society. And for people that are joining us right now, Creative Society is a project of our civilization. It's our way out of the consumeristic format that we live in right now into creative format where human life is number one priority. I would like to ask our IT team to play together a video of eight foundations of the Creative Society. And then Ralph will jump in and ask a couple more questions about the format and what do you really like about uh, those eight foundations. so much. So Ralph, what really resonates with you uh, about the project Creative Society? Well, I, I think you have a lot of the tenets that um, were, were originally formed in the Constitution of the United States in your basic group there. I mean, justice and equity for all, that's, you know, in theory, it's supposed to work there. We, we've got a lot of issues with it uh, and we're working through it. You, you know, we fought a war over slavery. It was more than slavery, but that was a big part of it. And, and unfortunately, that war needed to be fought um, to free people that need to be free. Uh, I, I like the idea of, of transparency. Um, and everybody ought to be able to see what's going on. But right now, we've got a big voting issue going on. And I don't have any idea how that's going to turn out. But there's a large portion of the United States right now that's just very, very upset with, with the transparency of the voting system. And one of the tenets you have there is self-rule. And that's a tenet of, of the United States of America, is the idea that we're, you know, people are governed by the will of the governed. And basically the human beings that are being governed choose to be governed. Um, and, and so when the system, the voting system, uh, you know, it, it may or may not be as, as clean as we'd like for it to be, that really destroys the whole concept. Um, and so those are things that, in, in my opinion, which, who, who am I? I'm a nobody. I mean, you know, uh, but I, I think that, that those things are important. And I, I would, you know, I'm a prior service U.S. Marine, you know, willing to, if necessary, give my life 
for my God, my country, and the American way of life. Um, but when I come back home and, and I see stuff like voting where people are claiming, and, and, and again, I don't know all this, but they're claiming where thousands and thousands of votes were switched, or people are claiming that thousands of, of votes were stolen. Um, again, and, and, and I'm only repeating hearsay because I don't have the actual way. I'm, de I'm dependent on the news media like you and I are. Okay, and so we only see what, what the news media wants to tell us. If they want to tell us certain things, we hear about. If they don't want to tell us, it's pretty scary because we don't, we just only get one side of the story. And so, um, unfortunately, you know, you, you nor most people that are busy about their lives don't have the time to go and see everything that's being done for themselves. So we have to get that research from somebody else. The real truth, truthful, truthful, truthful uh, transparency is really important. Mm. Uh, you know, my opinion, or whoever I am. Okay? Ralph, thank you. Uh, thank you for your service. We appreciate you uh, here in the United States and soldiers around the world are the same. So thank you for doing that. Uh, you talked about, you know, the importance of transparency and the creative society is about changing the mindset from that consumeristic society. I love what you're doing with fuel economy. I know that the people who are trying to fix climate change, trying to do better. Um, how will your, the Cup Royale and your, how do these collaboration fit in with your projects to really, how do you scale from your power boats and your races to the big ships, to the shipping industries? Cause that could make a really big impact. Well, uh, I think so. Um, we already have technology coming out of this already. And um, I actually submitted a business summary to a group for $1.5 billion today um, to bring new technology to the shipping industry already. Um, but we don't expect the shipping industry to jump out and say, yeah, 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 we wanna do this. We don't expect that. What we expect them to do is because most ships are built for 25 to 30 years of service. Um, they're still fully functional after 25 to 30 years, but what happens is insurance companies no longer want to insure them. And because they no longer want to insure them, the risk is too much. So they take and they'll, they'll just basically break these ships down. They scrap them up and, and, re, and reheat the metal after about 25 years. So for a shipping company to go out and invest in new technology, because they're going to spend the money on a ship that's going to be in service for 25 years, you, you better dog on and do a really good job of proving it. Okay, now for us, I have some other technology that I've already developed. I'm not even gonna patent it. I'm just giving it away. Okay, because to me, I, again, this is selfish though. Um, I have to admit, we're gonna make our money off the Cup Royale. Okay, the race, the television audience, the advertising, all of those different things. So the technology that, that we, that I have anything to do with, I'm just giving away. I'm, you know, I, I have other patented technology. People stole it anyhow. So. I mean, they just stole it. And so where I spent years, millions of dollars, every penny I could find, okay, uh, you know, years of work and people just, oh, look, good idea, I'll just copy it. So, and, and that, that learned something for me that, you know what, I can try to fight it, fight that if I want, forget it, I'm just gonna give it away. 
Okay. Yeah, so, Raul, how do you see inventions in the creative society? If we do change that mindset from the consumeristic into creative, do you think those type of, you know, problems will exist or the honesty of people and the best human qualities will prevail? Well, humans are humans, okay? Unfortunately, um, there's a certain number of people that are going to invest their time and effort into developing new technology because they love what they do. And I have to admit, I'm one of them. I love what I do. Now, I want to make money at it because I have a family to support and, and everything else and pay bills and all of those kind of things. But I just, I absolutely, most people around me don't have to be around me very long before they figure out I actually love this, okay? And I would do it for free if I could. In fact, I do it for free a lot. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> but um, the... It, it, it's, it's, you know, to me, it's, it's not about the money, but it is about the money at the same time. So I'm hoping that most people will want to share what they have. And, and I think there's an awful lot of people that do, but then there's some other people that don't and that really hoard it. And then they're the guy, kind of guys that will steal it from you if they get a chance. And so unfortunately, you, you have both sets of people in the world and everything in between, both kind of extremes. So in theory, you know, we, everybody wants to, to help everybody else. And, and to a certain extent, we all do. But there's always that guy that doesn't want to help. He wants to hoard it. I'm working with one person right now. Um, it appears that I made him more money in six months than he made in his entire life. And he's a multimillionaire. Okay? And I'm watching him in the, in the process. I'm watching him grab an extra nickel here, grab an extra nickel there and grab an extra dime here, and grab an extra quarter here. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, you, you spent your whole life, you're 70-something years old, and you made a lot of money. He's a pretty wealthy guy. But I introduced him to something that made him more money in a few months than his entire life combined. And I'm thinking to myself, why are you fighting for every nickel and every dime you can get? Now, I, I don't say that to him. In my mind, it's something I, I said to myself, why? Well, I mean, you, you've got more money than you need to spend for the rest of your life. You can live in, in total comfort. Why are you still fighting for this extra nickel, this extra dime, extra quarter, extra dollar? I, I, I just, I see them. I don't, I, I can't explain why, because mm -hmm. it, 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 there are some people that's just the way they think. And I, and I don't know that, I, I know that the, the creative society is about getting everybody to want to participate as a big society, and they're all put yes, together. And actually, all the basic needs will be met. So people don't have to live in fear of how I'm going to feed my family tomorrow or, or am I going to have a food on the table? So that will also eliminate that type of, you know, I'm going to save a penny here and a dollar there. <laughs> my point is, this investor has all the money he needs for the rest of his life already. He doesn't need another dime. He can, he, he can his income level, he doesn't need, he has everything. And he's still trying to put more money in his, in his pocket. And, and I, I look at this and I, I, I don't understand that. Okay, but it's the way it's, that's his mindset. And I don't know how, I'm, you know, I could get in a big fight with him over I don't. You know, I just, hey, that's your mindset. That's, that's the way it is. Well, like you and, said, there are those people out there with different mindsets and the creative society is seeking out those people. Um, and on that note of seeking out those people, as we come to the end of our show, one of the things we'd love to do, Ralph, is just ask you, is there somebody in your network that you feel 
would be a great recommendation to come and spend some time with us on one of our upcoming shows. I have a, a friend that I've known for about 40 years. We served in the United States Marine Corps together. Uh, we went to the same college. Uh, in fact, he went to the dorm supervisor and said, hey, I want Ralph in my room with me and kick somebody else out. So we would get up at 4.30 in the morning and go running. And I'm a Florida boy. I grew up in Florida. Had, you know, by the time I got out of the Marine Corps, it's barely seen snow a little bit here and there. But I went to college in Crown Point, Indiana, just outside Chicago. And uh, it's cold up there in the wintertime. So we went running at, at zero degrees, and I was excited. That's a big deal. And I went running at minus 10. But at minus 15, my roommate, Bud, still went running. I said, that's enough for me. Minus 10, I'm done. So, and then when it warmed back up to zero, I wrote my mom a letter. I said, mom, it's warm. It's zero degrees. You know, and it's, I'm, to me in Florida, that's like amazing. I can't, I can't believe that I actually thought zero degrees was, but his name's Bud Fry. And I'll get you his contact information. I yeah, think that's what's awesome. And we can invite him and continue conversation about Creative Society. And he can share his experience with us. So thank you so much, Ralph. And our time has almost come to the end. But is there something we forgot to ask you? Or is there something you would like to wish to our audience tonight? I wish everybody would, you know, um, on the planet would come to, you know, I, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ personally. Okay. And I believe in that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to rule with perfect knowledge and perfect wisdom. Um, and that's where, and I, I believe he's going to create a society much like what I have read through the creative society. Uh, when, but he's going to do this with perfect knowledge and perfect wisdom. And I, and I don't have that perfect knowledge and perfect wisdom. But I hope that we would all take the time to, just to learn about that perfect knowledge and that perfect wisdom. I think that would be a really good thing to try to understand and, and grab. Yes, definitely. It goes back to the transparency and openness of information. We just need to have the same information for everybody so we can, you know, make uh, decisions that benefit us all. Okay, yes. And, and what, are, what is the solution of the creative society for people that have everything they need, okay, but yet they want more and don't really want to share? What, what is the solution for them? Yeah, so the solution for them is in a creative society, they, the goal is for everybody to be happy and not chase life, right? So everybody can just enjoy the moment, have hobbies. And then if they have extra money to spend, now those money can go into fixing the world problems that we have instead of, you know, being afraid of, you know, someone is richer than me or someone is poorer than me or someone is that. We all have equal opportunities. Some people like to make more money than others and that's totally okay you can just be who you want to be and you can really find that love inside of you and that kindness and that understanding and compassion towards others and that's what creative society really gives you is development of personality that you can become who you want to become and you don't need to be stuck in the mindset of consumerism and you know just impressing your neighbor i guess okay. <laughs> so thank yeah <laughs> Let's raise it. Let's raise it. Let's raise Thank you so much, Ralph. It's been such a pleasure to learn about Cap Royale and about your uh, life story and how passionate you are to bring people together and to really improve the boating industry, really. And that that's really gives us hope for the better future for all of us. Well, and for our you. viewers... Oh, sorry, did you want to say something? I was, I'm, in. I'm sorry. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I thought I'm interrupting you. So well, thank no, you so much, Nan. And for our viewers, if you would like to learn more about the Project Creative Society, please visit alatraunite.com. The website is being translated to uh, to being translated to every uh, language out there. So you can select the language of uh, that's closest to you, and then you can indicate that you are joining us in building this society together. Because only together we can build something that we all are proud of for a long time. It is not a short type of solution. It's a solution where everybody can benefit. So Steve, thank you so much for co-hosting. Ralph, thank you so much for being on. And we will end our show today with a song about creative society. Have a good night. Bye-bye.